Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to the premiere film podcast, Criticism Whatever. Let's get trashed. With me is my pal Clarence Riley, the fourth. Thank you so much for the generous introduction. I want to say best film pod. I can say this with extreme confidence. Best film podcast on this particular street in Austin, Texas. <laughs> I can say that with 100% co- Wait. Uh, they Thank just, you. They, they did another one. Oh, you checked, yeah. you, you looked outside my window? I just looked and there's somebody out there right now doing a better one. Sorry, guys. Damn it. Well, <laughs> no, best my film. Reign is, my reign is king was short-lived. Best film podcast in this zip code. 78748. Don't give the folks my zip code. That's my zip code, too. <laughs> they don't need to know where I'm at. <laughs> All right. There's a lot of heat. You're not going to find us. There's a lot of heat on me right now. Um, there is. This, none of this makes sense. All right. What, so, what movie are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about a movie by David Cronenberg, body horror master, called Crimes of the Future. Crimes Correct? of the Future. Yeah. Yes. As opposed to the crimes of the present, which is watching the fucking cults shit the bed all over themselves and then not be able to finish and let's not lazily get... struggle to a tie week one of the NFL season. But those are modern day crimes and also the same crimes I've been subjected to for fucking eight seasons in a row. Let's These are crimes sports, of the religion future. Or politics. Yes. <laughs> These are crimes of the future we're talking about, and we're right. talking about. Uh, I mean, it. I've been wanting to do this movie for a really long time. Now, this is a movie that's been somewhat close to your heart. Like you saw this movie in theaters. I saw. Right? It, I saw it in the theaters. I didn't know anything about it. As you and I discussed, this is the first David Cronenberg film I've ever seen. Right. Um, and I went in blind not really knowing what to expect knowing a couple things i like vigo mortensen i guess i love kristen stewart as an actress which i i wanted to go see this because i knew she was going to be awesome in it and i heard it was just good and i wanted to start like i want to start watching cronenberg films i might as well start with the current offering there you go and it's incredible uh you know what i I really, really enjoyed this movie in a way that I didn't think I would necessarily. Because you've, you've seen what other Cronenberg movie have you seen? I've seen The Fly. Uh, the, that was a David, Cron- a David Cronenberg movie. Goldblum um, Fly. Uh, old Jeff Goldblum. Old Jeffy Golds is like because that's him. a remake. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah. The, the whatever the '80s version is a remake of like they did one in the '50s or something. Oh, okay. All right. So it was like one of those legacy monster movies. Yeah, I guess. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I haven't seen either, but oh. I do know that the the Goldblum one that's like super super popular. That's the uh, that's Cronenberg. I don't know who decorated decorated. I don't know who directed the first one back in the day. Nor do I know who stars in it or anything like that. Nor do I know who decorated it. Yeah, or I'll who, be honest with you. I don't know who the set decorator was. <laughs> the prop master on that one was a guy named. James, I want to say, but he went by Jim. Uh, you know, I, I'll say this: um, a lot of that body horror stuff that kind of 
David Cronenberg is known for uh, was was done well in this movie, but not in the same way that it was back in the day. Like you had a lot mm-hmm. of like those clay like sculptures of people who were very grotesque. Right. And here you had like body modification. Yeah. That that took place. Uh, spoilers for well, yeah. Let's yeah. Be- and before yeah. we even get into it, the other time some of our viewers or listeners may be familiar with if you're familiar with the pop sensation uh animated cartoon rick and morty there's an episode yes. there's an episode where they accidentally like you know turn their entire they turn, they turn the entire planet into monsters on accident and they call them cronenbergs because they're all like there's legs and arms sticking out of weird places and they have like they're half they're half bugs and half something else's <laughs> and they call them like yeah we made a bunch of cronenberg monsters cronenberg the world <laughs> Damn it, Uncle! Damn it, Grandpa Rick! We accidentally turned the entire world into Cronenberg monsters. He's like, "Shut up, Morty! We're I'm gonna fix it." You know, it's it's, and uh, so I mean that name is like synonymous with. They use it as a joke, obviously, but that name is synonymous with um, body horror. Yeah, body creepiness and whatever. Um, so, we've got Viggo Mortensen, uh, Aragorn himself. Yeah, Leah Sedu, and. Kristen Stewart as the three like leads of this film. Correct. Or rather, Regal Mortensen and Leah Sadu are the three are the two leads. Kristen Stewart gets third billing because even though she has a, she's probably not the third biggest part in the film, but she's the best part of this film. I'm going to say that right off the bat. Kristen Stewart is again putting on an incredible performance. She's legitimately. My she's my she must be my favorite actress like working. Your favorite working actress besides is Kristen Stewart. Besides like, obviously besides like Meryl Streep and Helen, you know, besides you know Kathy Bates. Besides like these Man. these women of there of, are, of there the young are, generation. There are very few women I would die on the hill on other than Helen Mirren. Oh my goodness, love Helen Mirren. Just cannot do right on it. Cannot do any wrong, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just keep an eye on your like levels. Too. I'm trying, man. Listen, um, I just I, I've been trying to be careful because I've just been recovering from you know the big old the big right. old plague. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's right. I'll watch that thing. I don't hey. care. <laughs> all right, all that's, right. That's Jimmy's mic. I don't even give a fuck. <laughs> Jimmy, what's up, brother? Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so like, uh, but anybody that watches this pod knows I can't go a single episode without mentioning how dope like timothy chalamet and robert pattinson are right those are my two as far as like that young generation of actors those are my two dudes and then my 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 baby girl is my bbg is Kristen stewart that's it there you go all right just if you're watching this and i know that you are Kristen, just know that my dms are wide open you just hop hop on in anytime you want you can even get at him through me if you need to. Um, Clarence Riley the Fourth. Yeah, he's. You can find him. You. you yeah. You can also find it's, me. It's intensely. Shut up, it's intensely easy to find me, <laughs> and I'll pass you right over to him. No questions asked. I'm not even going to take offense. Let's talk about what this movie is. This movie is a lot of things. This movie's a lot of things. Let's start. Uh, let's start kind of at the beginning. We start off. One thing I love. Uh, 
I love whenever creepy stuff or, you know, even like stuff in the horror genre. I love daytime horror. Where it's out in the in the daytime, yeah, it's open like, it's, and it's brightly lit. That's why I love Midsummer. Uh, was Ari Aster's Midsummer? That movie's great because it all takes place in the day. It's very creepy and very scary, and it all takes place during the day. Yep. Um, super impressive to be able to pull off that juxtaposition of like a brightly lit, you know, normal, seemingly normal scene, but with a uh, creepy action or, or scary undertones or whatever you want to however you want to think of it and this movie starts off like that because we have the we have our little we have the we open on a little boy who's got an unusual disposition but it's he's hanging out by the beach in broad daylight just literally doing little boy things like fishing around he's playing with a shovel on yep. the beach yep there is a there is a capsized like cruise ship or giant ship in the background so right off the bat you're looking at this thinking like all right it's obviously some sort of is it apocalyptic is it whatever who knows what's going on right but this this cruise ship fell over it's kind of like that italian cruise ship that that tilted over costa concordia yes. there we go damn good pull is, yeah Great pull, yeah. The, uh, so the, he's he's in front of the coast of Concordia, <laughs> very prescient. Playing for them with to a, put that in this movie, playing with a shovel, and his mom's yelling at him. And don't eat anything that you find in that water is yeah. what she tells him essentially. And you think it's just a regular warning to a kid, but it's not a regular warning because this kid's not regular. Correct. Um, and it starts off this kid. You know, without just like recapping the plot, the the mother ends up murdering this child. The first scene. Can I can I say something? Please. Within the first five minutes, ends up murdering this kid. It's this. It's the without, second. Yeah. Daytime, he's playing with a shovel. That evening, he brushes his teeth, and then she murders him because she's so upset about something Smothers he did. Mothers him with a pillow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, really, really sets the scene for the movie. So yeah, we we have our setting. We have again, we have our we have our obviously like abandoned and capsized cruise ship, some which is some sort of symbol of uh, some sort of symbol of where the world is. You know, at place and time where uh, you know Damn, giant deep, giant machinery, yeah. giant machinery being abandoned or whatever. Um. Obviously, there was loss of life. of industrialization. Yeah, exactly. So we have that kind of thing of our of our setting, and then with the mother murdering her child, we have a we get like a sense of where the people are. We get a sense of the character of like actual what humanity is looking like. Right. Um, and, and, we get all and, that. We get all that right away, which is very very effective. Yes. Yes. There. There were. Uh, and I think I remember it because I'm do. I always do that thing where I talk while we're watching a movie. Um, shut up. Um, I remember saying uh, at that point, like, man, this movie is just laying it all out there. And when a movie does that, it really has to kind of pay that off. You know what I mean? Like, if a movie does something where they're like, "Hey, here, here are a bunch of big reveals right at the beginning," you're like. Well, you better have a bunch of big more reveals right after that. 
Yeah. Throughout the movie. Yeah, I, I see what you mean by that. Like you can't, you can't, uh, you know, uh, you can't expose it all. You can't lay down your hand at, right at the beginning, uh, or expose all your cards right at the beginning. Although, exactly. it, although those, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, it. I don't even feel like it. It got that dramatic. You know, I don't know. It, 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 it just did a really good job of, I think, setting the tone of this environment that we're watching. That's true. It did. It did a lot of set dressing in those first ten minutes that, and um, then, that you you really wouldn't be able to, yeah, account for otherwise. And the next character we're introduced to is the voice father who comes to claim his deceased son, and he's obviously very distraught. Um, but then we're promptly introduced to our protagonists, which are the art. The artistic duo, the artist team of Saul Tenser and Caprice. I I feel we'd be remiss if we didn't explain the medium of art that they're practicing. Well, we're that's, yeah, we're gonna get to it. That's, we just brought them up. That, that's that's exactly it because it it really it bears explaining. Yeah, well, of course, and so it's a very. But to, before we even can do that, we'll have to talk about what this kind of world is. Because yes. it takes us a while to kind of learn exactly what's going on. Yes. But eventually it is revealed to us that for some reason, humanity, by and large, doesn't experience pain anymore. Something happened. I don't know if it was an event. Uh, they, they call it evolution or they call it just the progress of biology. Like spontaneous evolution or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, we're, we're definitely getting all the terms right here. Most people don't experience pain. Um, and because of that, they ha are looking for new ways to satisfy, like... That itch. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, or, or the fact that... the. The fact they don't feel pain means that basically, if you don't feel pain, it's kind of like you don't feel anything. So it's like all your sen all your senses are dulled. It's a it's a complete dulling of sensation. Right, right. And um, so that's led to people uh doing all kinds of things with essentially their, with being their, numbed. Yeah, yeah. They're they're numb, so that, so they're going to further and further extremes. To, to feel something. And um, a okay. lot of that involves like, you know, inflicting what would be considered pain on you. You know, you see a lot of like, it's a very graphic film. You see a lot of knives going into skin throughout this movie. It, it is definitely earning that R rating. Yeah. Sure. And it's, it's interesting because that whole, that concept of we no longer feel pain and we keep going further and further down this kind of road in order to uh in order to replicate that or in order to substitute that or or find a new solution for it um <clears throat> could be so many different things right i mean are they what is cronenberg talking about is he talking about drugs is he talking about like is he talking about how you know drugs synthesize synth, uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Simulate. No. Um, desensitize. Drugs desensitize, desensitize us. You. Okay. And then, so you always have to get more. The first time you smoke or do an edible, you can do a five milligram edible and you're high. And then as you build up a tolerance, same thing with alcohol. First time you drink, a couple beers, and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm a I'm a drunk teenager. And now and now you need a literally an entire bottle of strength while we were teens. You need an entire bottle of bourbon to even get through a single fucking football game. <laughs> the Colts. It, it uh, was the whole thing. Uh, so it's you know, uh, we desensitize ourselves with with these kind of things, whether right. you know, drugs and alcohol, stuff yeah. like that. Um, it could also be an, an analogy for like, I don't know, our connectivity and like social media and tech and the fact that we just need we need more and more experiences. We need we need we need our phone to constantly be ringing. We're 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 always going deeper and deeper because we can't feel like the basic. Exactly. humanity anymore yeah yeah i i think that there's something to be said about that in the idea of a callus right like that's a, yeah you and i are both musicians we build up calluses to to do what it is we do you play on skins all day long i play mm-hmm. with bass mm-hmm. uh you you build up that callus and yeah. after a while that sensitivity is no longer there yeah you need to play longer for it to exactly for you, for you to feel the same way you used to exactly and you have to you have to dig deeper that's Mm -hmm. that's what we all do and so having having that analogy there kind of ties back into the body horror aspect of what david cronenberg does because you're literally modifying your body so that you feel different yeah well yeah that's that's exactly it and um a lot of it comes in the form of like again cutting which is a thing cutting is i mean Cutting isn't even exclusive to this world. The cutting exactly. exists in this world. You know, people will like cut themselves for that for, sensation. For various reasons. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of. It seems like that has gone widespread in wherever this is. They don't even mention like. There's no mention of a state or a country or. There are a lot of anything. things that they don't mention and bring into the fore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the the type of tech that they have that looks like this bioorganic alien. Yeah. Like literally alien the movie James right. Cameron. Uh or well, Ridley alien, Scott. Alien Ridley, Scott. Ridley Scott aliens yeah. was yeah. But yeah. No, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. You're right. It, it it just it's so insane that they're just like this exists. This yeah. is how it is. It's very very weird. Yes. Um and it's I mean, but it's kind of beautiful. It's really well done. I watched it in the theater, and then we just That's rewatched good. it at home, uh, at my place. And then, uh, shout out Voodoo for like you can just you can watch in super ultra HD. You, you know, I want we we just watched it in like oh. 4K. It looked beautiful. 4K high resolution. You do have a really good TV too. I do have a sick ass TV. Yeah, you've got a nice TV. Yeah, Kristen Stewart. I'm not even trying to say come this to my house dick. and watch my nice TV with me. <laughs> Kristen, Kristen, Stewart, Kristen, don't call, even hit me up. Kristen, call me. Kristen, Kristen Stewart, go to my Instagram. Add Nictazo drums. He's he's go on my, my he's on my institute. You just girl, heard you know. it. My friend said my TV is sick. We could watch a movie together. This is you know what? Unless you have a projector, I don't see how you're going to get a better picture. Are projectors better? I don't even want to go down this like sidetrack, but I feel like you projectors don't look that good. Projector talk is going to be the, our next podcast. 
we're not going to worry about it right now. We're not going to worry about it today. Projector talk. <laughs> there are some you can see in the daylight. Nah, um, fuck all that. That's a that's what we call fuckable noise. So we've we've talked a little bit about kind of like what is going on in the world. In in addition to this biological event, this evolutionary event where people kind of don't feel pain, or most people don't. There are some people, including our hero Saul Tenser, uh, Vigo Mortensen. There are some people that are spontaneously like growing organs inside their body. He and that's that's something he's doing a lot. He he has his his special medical bed that he sleeps in that that keeps track of his vitals because he's in constant pain. It's it registered. Oh, there's a new hormone present in your bloodstream. That means a new a new organ is is forming, a new endocrine gland or a new whatever, and um and that gets him and Leia Sadu very very excited because that brings us to their art form, which is she tattoos his his new organs that that grow. She tattoos them on the inside of from the inside, you know, on the inside of his body. Like she she the, she sticks a needle in and tattoos by feel alone without even looking at it, basically. Uh, and like then a, like an endoscopic tattoo. Yeah, yeah, like of, endoscopic yeah. tattoos. That's probably not the right and then term, they guys. Set, Sorry. Then they set up this uh they set up this uh autopsy table and and she cuts him open and, and removes the organ and displays it for everybody. And it's like this weird performing arts piece that honestly right. as brilliant and like beautifully shot and as like fascinating the storytelling is in this movie, if this was real life, going to this art going to this art exhibit or this performance art piece would absolutely suck dick. It's so fucking bad. <laughs> Just watching a French woman be like with this beautiful, you know, with this like calm look on her face as she cuts a dude open and, and he makes like sexual grunts as he's getting cut because that's like the only way he can feel pleasure, kind of. Right. And, uh, and then take this organ out and be like, it's an organ that I tattooed and everybody is like everybody in the crowd. It's is, got a tribal armband. It's all these art dorks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The tribal tattoo, tribal yeah, tattoo. Exactly. That's one. Yeah. Uh, my brother has that tattoo. It's all got a back. fucking Ed Hardy on <laughs> a spare liver that you, <laughs> yeah, your organ looks like an affliction shirt. <laughs> just the, just the the fucking. Oh, does that say tap out? Nice, yeah. awesome. Just the worst fucking tattoo on this shit. <laughs> um, Never. Yeah, and I wouldn't. But, but anyway, but, being but, surrounded being surrounded by all these like art nerds who are so moved by this like by this thing. Fucking dorks. It would suck. Yes. It would absolutely suck if this was real life. Hundred percent dorks. And, and not, I can say that as somebody on a podcast. Let's yeah. Fucking let's not, dorks. Don't laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get that twisted. This would be it would be it would be the lamest fucking right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but in this world, people think it's cool. 
Well, because people can't feel shit. So it'd be like, oh, man. No, because this would happen. I mean, like. You think? Well, I don't know. Yeah. There, you can go to any kind of, like, performing arts thing. I don't know. Like, remember remember in The Big Lebowski? Yeah. When she's, like, on, yep. the, she's on the zip line and she's just swinging paint everywhere? Yeah. That's, that's, like, her feminist art. And it's at some, it's at some, you know, gay L.A. art gallery. It, it's, <laughs> there are people today that would love that. You know what? There are people literally on this block who would love that right now. Uh, what are you saying about my block? Stop talking about my block, all right? I'm already... Keep my block out of your mouth. <laughs> keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Yeah. Um, Please don't slap me, Nick. I really can't take that. I will I will 100% cry. Yeah. Oh, the world can't take it. Literally. <laughs> Um, Actually, you know what? That'd be a racist thing. Yeah, we're we're getting away we're getting from the subject. Here, here's the thing that I noticed about this movie. Okay. Um, the fact that it's it's gotten to a point where it's no longer even a question. It's just like, oh yeah, we do this shit for art. You know what I mean? We take out artif or basically cancerous organs. Yeah. For art. Yeah, uh, that is that is insane. Well, and to me, for sure. I mean, yeah, and and it's kind of in, interesting how almost everybody is like adjusted to this. I don't know how recently this development is, you know, or you know, I don't. We Recent can't tell to where they don't like culturally care. You know what I mean? Well, that that would be not recent. You know what I mean? I mean, like, how long has it been? How many generations would it have been? Yeah, like, fifty I'd years. I'd say like twenty years. Okay, we know it's at least ten yeah. because the boy, who's a linchpin of the story, right. oh my goodness, we haven't even gotten to that. He's oh my ten, god, he's about ten years old when he died, right? Right. They called him a ten-year-old boy right. at some point. So he's ten, and we know the, we know some of the stuff was happening before he was born. So that's all part of it. Um. Let's talk about let's talk about Kristen Stewart. Without we without me just talking about how much I love her. We're going to talk about well really we are going we are going to talk about that but we're going to talk about really the actual standing for Kristen her Stewart. performance. Yeah. Cuz she gives the best performance in this in this movie. You know, she she doesn't slack. She does not and um not to conflate this performance with the one that she does as princess diana but that one's fresh in my mind mm-hmm. um I, I i do think that she's a phenomenal actress yeah well here especially she's like she's just so good um and there's so many i mean cronenberg's like photography and, and cinematography the 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 blocking and like the staging of his actors is one thing I, I really love. And the first time Vigo Mortensen, Leo Sadu, they head to the, they head to this new bureaucratic office, the office of uh, organ registration. Right. Cause now that this thing is happening, the government has to like keep track of it. The government feels right. like they have to keep track of everything. And Kristen Stewart works in this office just as a bureaucrat. Um, but she's completely enamored with this artist and and this 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 male artist as he, when he comes in um 
and so in addition to her she's like stammering she's she's so um fangirly yeah yeah but uh yeah fangirly is like a certainly a, a modern way of saying it she's so uh taken and so kind of head over heels she can't get her words out she does her facial expressions throughout she does an incredible job of like of emoting as this nervous girl who's like meeting an icon that she is basically in love with it seems and uh so in addition to her performance being like that pristine that incredible and so charming kind of if it wasn't such a creepy subject matter, it would. If it wasn't like this disgusting office and this like creepy time and place and this weird setting that's very Cronenberg, right. it would. She would be adorable. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just, just yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I po- pray to God I'm a famous enough drummer for anyone to stammer like that when they meet me <laughs> uh you know you are man you are you're, so, you're the nicholas tazo which is how he introduces himself <laughs> we're gonna talk more about his block here in a bit so yeah uh and then like the first thing i noticed is that when they're all talking that some of them come inside the room and so we have there's this long scene of leah sadu against the wall next to a door frame with Kristen Stewart on the other side of the door frame and it's it's I mean it's great blocking by the director it, that that one that shot that scene is great because it just shows us like Lisa do is on the inside she's in with Saul Tenser she's in with via with uh, Viggo Mortensen and Kristen Stewart is on it's on the outside she's you know she's external to this, and she wants to be on the inside. She wants to, she wants Leah's place. She wants Caprice's place on the inside. The camera is telling the yeah, story. Yeah, the camera is yeah, exactly. The camera is showing us that that she's that she's an outsider still at this point, point. Um, and just little stuff like that I thought was incredible. Um, <clears throat> you know, I gotta say real quick, just to piggyback off of what you were just saying, there was this really really great shot. It was. It felt like 15 minutes, but it was only like maybe a minute and a half where uh, Leah Sadu and Viggo Mortensen are just like, she's approaching him and he's backing up in this office. Uh, it's it's really, really great because the tension is built up. The, uh, I mean, they're taking it all in one take. And then finally it cuts. And you're you're like, oh, wow, I can't believe I just sat through that whole thing. And that felt like a lot longer than it actually was. Yeah. Like a great tension builder. Yeah. Exactly. Like it, it's, it's an example of the cinematographer mm-hmm. doing the acting. Yeah. This movie does that kind of stuff. Brilliantly. Very well. Yeah. Very well. I, I, I brilliantly, I think for sure. Um, anyway, so. That's kind of the that's this world we live in, and up until this point, even though it's creepy and weird, we don't really have a we don't really have a conflict yet uh, right. with our 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 setting. We know you know 
we kind of know what's going on, but we don't have exact. We you know we don't exactly know what the problem is. If everybody's fine, everybody's happy. Until, until we get a black character. <laughs> he's not. He's Who's not always going to come to this, you guys. He's not the guy causing the problem, but he's concerned about something. And what makes me laugh. What made me laugh really hard the first time I watched this movie is that there's only one black dude in this entire movie. Uh, That's true. And it's extra funny because he's like, he's like the only normal dude in the entire movie, which made me laugh so much because it made me think like this whole universe of like not feeling pain or like the organ shit and like all this kind of like Cronenberg-y, all this horrific stuff. It's only happening to white people. <laughs> this black dude is just like normal, and he's like, what the fuck is going on with you guys? You know what? If I ever have to write a dissertation, that is going to be what I write it on right there. <laughs> that one nigga in Crimes of the Future. <laughs> just those, a regular a regular black dude still like, he's a, he's a 2020 black dude surrounded by all these 2050 white people that are going crazy and just experiencing weird what body shit. What the hell is yeah. going on here? Well, doesn't it always seem like that? Doesn't it always seem like white people are coming up with some goofy new invention or some goofy new shit? You know what? Yeah. Black people, you know. There's the, always some sort of thing that it's like, hey, we found, well, I, I was about to say something that turns out to be a plot point. We found some way to digest plastic. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. There's always a you know. It, there's always some sort of fucking crazy thing. It's like always that. funny. Yeah. If it's always funny if you're like on TikTok or Instagram or whatever or Twitter, and you see a video of like, you know, it's always white people like swimming with alligators, or uh, white white people you know playing playing games with sharks or whatever, and then all the comments are black people going, "What the fuck is wrong with white people?" <laughs> This that happened. That's what this movie feels. That's what the black guy in this movie feels like. Is like, what the fuck is wrong with white people? And I would agree <laughs> with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also it also reminds me of this like uh, one of my favorite things about the Mad Max series. Uh, okay. I lo- um, I love. Let's connect these dots. I love to pretend whenever I watch Mad Max, any of the any of the the four, I love to pretend that. This is only happening in Australia. Like the world is fine. The world was just like All, we'll let them Australia. Sort it out. Yeah, Australia ran out of gas, and now they're cutting <laughs> people's now they're cutting people's heads off and painting shit on their hoods. And the rest of the country, the rest of the world is like, what even, the fuck? Even New Zealand is like, oh no, yeah, yeah there, mate, we're good. Yeah, New Zealand is looking at Australia, going like, what the fuck? <laughs> that uh, you know what. <laughs> Head cannon accepted. Yeah, that all. Yeah, that makes me laugh. Uh, every time I watch one of those movies, I like to pretend that that's what's going on. Uh, it's it's just Mel. You know, Mel Gibson is just it's every, it's just Australia. Um, so I like that Mel Gibson is just synonymous for you for Australia. You're like Australia. Well, Mel Gibson. He's Mad done. Max. That's true. That's, you know what? That's what I meant. I, you guys all look the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, okay. It's okay. I'm basically Denzel Washington over here. Man, if only, if only I could be like a Denzel Washington or Idris Elba type. Jesus. 
I need to lose about 30 pounds. What we were Let, talking about the movie. Yeah, let's let's talk about I mean, I just have I took a few notes as we were watching it. I don't have to like go through every note, but again, what are one what, of my favorite scenes so our our our, our black cop, our black guy, he's like he's a he's a police officer of some kind or if fed or whatever with the vice Negro unit. cop. And he's he goes to the he goes to the organ registration where uh uh Kirsten Stewart and another guy work and he's he's grilling them and trying to he's trying to get to the bottom of it of what's going on and he's going through the book because uh, Saul Tenser our hero he agreed to help he agreed to help the um, what's it called he agreed to help this organization by donating all of his old organs he donated them to them so they would now have a they they could start off right off the bat they have a good dictionary of of organs that are that popped up he's already had 10 or 20 of these however so that's like a good starting point so whenever new stuff comes around they can they can cross-reference that with the 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 resources that right paul tensor has given them um that's something that apparently happened off screen kind of like a database yeah sort of yeah, and, yeah and so they call it the paul tensor uh no, Saul Tensor, the Saul Tensor uh, organography. Uh, and it's just these photos of his organs and these pictures and, and all this kind of stuff that's put together kind of like a scrapbook. And so nice. the way Kristen Stewart reacts to this black dude is he's like flipping through the pages and she's like so nervous that he's not he's not touching it the right way. He, you know, he's like he's just, you know, got four fingers on the page and he's like you know f- turning it over and looking at the backside and, and lifting up little things and she's just like she, he's not being delicate enough with her and the, uh, with it and the way she's the way she's um just reacting to that kind of in the background she's she doesn't have the authority to tell him to fucking stop so she's just like oh, no that 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 it's incredible it's such great acting it's it's, it's, it's a yeah it's a masterclass in like in 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 performance I, I I really like when an actor isn't the one who's like the hero in the shot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When somebody has that kind of agency to be like, hey, you know, just like react with your face. Maybe maybe squint a little bit. Maybe act a little uncomfortable. Yeah. I like to see that. There's so much. Actor. Yeah, there's so much you can do. And, and she does like the best version of it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Uh yeah, and so it, this it, this is basically this this world, and so we'll without just kind of going through everything, we could go through the plot points. You said something fucking hilarious when we were watching. There's one point in the film when yeah, what uh, did I say? I'm sorry. There's a so Paul Saul Tensor is not the only artist experimenting with the human body. There's another guy who covered himself in ears. Right. He covered himself in ears right. and he's doing like an interpretive dance, but he's got he's got um he's got ears that have been like cloned or, or harvested and he's got them sewn all over his naked body. Don't make me say this. You don't want to say it all he's he's all ears. Oh yeah. Well he's all ears. Okay, all right. And all right. I was I What was the thing well, that I jo- I always said one of the things is like it's like you know, that old phrase like God gave you 
two ears and one mouth, so you should do twice as much listening. But he has his mouth sewn up, he- so it's like <laughs> God God gave him 40 ears and zero mouth, so you have to listen 40 times as much as zero so or whatever. this motherfucker better shut the yeah, fuck up. and it's like... But we were talking about he he could just hear everything. He's all he's all ears. Man, I bet the reception is great. And then you said that's the kind of guy my wife wishes I was. Yes. Ah, uh, hey baby, just How a you doing? <laughs> just a dude covered in ears who's listening to everything. Yeah, yeah. You know he's all ears is the thing. Yeah. He's um, he's 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 here for it. Um, I wish, man. I wish I was as funny as that quote. Jeez. <laughs> no, you said it. Yeah, I know, uh, but still. <laughs> anyway, there's... I mean, there's a lot of themes. I, I, I do want to talk more, like, theme and stuff. So, rather than even... Let's not even get into spoilers and kind of talk about what the... There is a... So, the, we'll just say that there, the cops are interested. There's a political, you know, in this world, a political kind of aspect to everything. And that some people are worried about the actual next evolution in humanity. Um, and they think it's going to cause problems if uh, if this certain group is uh, is allowed to propagate or if... A if, if little bit of an X-Men situation. Yeah, you know, I was just... That's, you were reading my mind. I was actually just... I just thought of that a second ago. The same way the X-Men are persecuted... For their talents or their abilities, um, I guess there's a fear that 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 the they're afraid of the new generation of people. Yeah, yeah, um, that's fair to say. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting, and that leads us to a few different places, and it's all very nothing is really laid out for you. It's a it's a movie you have to pay a lot of attention to, and you have to think about for sure, uh, which I like. I mean, I I love this kind of stuff. Yes, I. And going back to the kind of the themes we were talking about of, of desensitization and, and needing more and more um, that I that idea of like body I guess dysmorphia and body horror and stuff like that I don't know maybe this is a wrong interpretation but there's a scene where Leah Sadu where Caprice the artist she's she's at an art show watching a friend of hers get her face all cut up basically get like gills on her cheeks essentially yeah but not for any functional, functional reason, reason. Exactly. yeah it, it, she's just she's a beautiful woman and her artistic thing is that she's she's having a surgeon slice her face because she wants to she wants to destroy her like inherent beauty or she she's whatever she she's trying to make a statement she's purposely slicing her face to to have that look and um caprice who's a beautiful woman in in her own right certainly she says watching your performance it was so beautiful i have the sudden desire to cut my face open and i don't know that instantly made me kind of think of um nothing even specific but the the desire people have to you know we hurt ourselves we want to emulate something we want to emulate something that we see as glamorous glamorous or fashionable or whatever even though it's a 
detriment to ourselves, but we just see it as beautiful. Yeah. And again, that yeah. that's that's plastic surgery. That's you know the Kardashians all getting, uh, you know, butt implants or breast implants or or they're getting their faces cut. They're getting liposuction. They're getting lip stuff, lip fillers. Yep. And people, mostly, you know, in, in, in the specific instance of the Kardashians, mostly women, are are seeing that and they're, instead of being horrified by this surgery that is, like, changing our natural bodies that are fine, uh, <clears throat> they're, they want it too because they want to... That they want to participate in this fad. They want to be part of it. They want to look a certain way. Um, and these, you know, women who are all objectively attractive anyways, Kim Kardashian was beautiful before she ever got her surgery, but it's never enough for her, at least until the fad dies down. And actually, now they've, now they've gotten, some of those That's women it. have gotten their, they've gotten some of their surgeries reversed. They, they've gotten some of their, like, Brazilian butt lifts or whatever they've gotten that removed because a they can afford to do it whenever they want and now right. the the fashion I think is trending away from that kind of look that they were at the forefront but now they can transition out of it whereas a woman who begged for ten thousand dollars to get one of those can't afford to get it undone right now she's permanently out of fashion it's been, you know what I mean but yep. you're, you're constantly chasing some aesthetic and it's harmful to you it's harmful to to people that do this um but there's something so there's something so compelling about it for people which is why leah you know leah sadu going to her friend being like i had this sudden desire to cut my face open because yeah. you were doing it and get those like scarification things on yeah well you. and then that was what she in that that's what she ended up doing uh, yep. Her friend was like, "Well, why don't you come back to my hotel and we can hang out and I can show you something else, rather than just getting fucking fucking gills." Yeah, rather, yeah, yeah, rather than getting your cheek cut into Venetian blinds, uh, I can give you the I can give you the Darth Maul horns uh, on your forehead. So then Leah Sadu shows up t- to her house that she shares with Vigo Mortensen with little fucking. Darth Maul horns everywhere, which was not an improvement. It, it just looks weird. Not an improvement. But she just got she just got these like implants, these six implants on her forehead that looked gross. Yeah. But it, and she's like, it's just a thing I did to make myself look beautiful. And even I feel good. Vigo Mortensen, who's part of this universe, is like, what the fuck? <laughs> hey, why though? <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, here, here's one thing that I was thinking about. Um, and this is a movie that I'd be interested to find your take on. Uh, there's a movie that has Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker. Uh, it's called Repo Men. Have you ever heard of this movie? I've heard of Repo Men. Yeah, yeah. I've basically, heard of the TV show Repo Men. Basically, they uh, they act as repossession men for people who uh, like rent fake organs. You know what I mean? Like replacement organs. And... Um, like it's like okay yeah you can pay twenty six thousand dollars for a liver but you default on that loan we're gonna come 
and we're going to pull that liver out of your body. Wow. So another organ type of thing. Huh? Yes. Yes. It's very, very similar to what we were just talking about with Crimes of the Future. And I would be interested to get your take on that because a lot of the same themes about like body autonomy, the body horror mm-hmm. of it and all of that. Uh, body dysmorphia, which exactly. is the, the in vogue term. Yeah. 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 That, uh, a lot of it. A lot of it feels very similar to Crimes of the Future here, which is just uh, it, it it really tickles a particular part of your mind. Interesting. You know what I mean? Jude Law and who? Forrest Whitaker. Oof. You know. I know Forrest Whitaker. Oh, oh, lazy eye. Yeah. Forrest Whitaker. I know Forrest Whitaker. He. Mr. Whitaker, I'm just kidding. He's good. Jude Law sucks, right? <laughs> what is. You know, he, he's not too bad, man. He was in. Uh, what is Jude Law in? He was in Alfie. He was in um, a, AI back uh, the in the fact, day. The fact. The, the, the fact that a black man in his 30s saw Alfie is fucking wild. I'm dude. a half black man. <clears throat> Yeah, your other your other half your Mexican your, as hell. Your Mexican your Mexican half shouldn't have been watching Jude Law on a Vespa scooter. We we had HBO. What is that movie even about? I've never seen it's it. It's about a because I'm real. Shut because I keep it real and yeah, I've okay. never seen it. Okay, Nick Taza, get the fuck out of here. No, um, it, it's actually a beautiful movie. It's a remake of one that used to. I think Mick Jagger was in the original. Jesus, dude, don't ask me dude, why. Dude, this sounds like dog shit. <laughs> you know what? This will be part of our dog shit movie series. It's we... so funny for you to be like, <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a remake of a Mick Jagger movie from however many, from 20 years before Mick Jagger's still alive. <laughs> barely, uh, barely, man. They're pumping him full of formaldehyde every chance they get. <laughs> uh, anyway... Here, uh, back to the point at hand, though. Yeah. Um, Repo Men with Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker, a lot of the same vibes as we're talking about here. A lot of the same vibes. And that's actually a really good movie. Um, okay. And I'm not just saying that because apparently I'm simping for Jude Law. I can't think of a single Jude Law thing I've ever seen that was like AI, any, any artificial good. intelligence. That movie famously sucks, dude. Dude. It's a shitty movie. Does a pretty good job. Who was that? That was Spielberg. Spielberg finishing it fin- for Kubrick. Kubrick, yeah. So, right. yeah, that was that was an unfinished Kubrick project. Um, yeah, that movie. A lot stinks. of Kubrick stuff is hit and miss for me. I gotta be honest. Yeah, he's a guy that doesn't care about character at all. He only cares about like Aesthetic. Vi- visual and storytelling yep. and stuff like that. A hundred percent. But. N- all of his characters are like flat and and kind of they're secondary to to what he's trying to do, with the exception of like the, that's why The Shining is his best movie. Well, how of course how from two thousand one A Space Odyssey that fits exactly what you're saying. Like you're the main character here is meant to be flat. He's right, meant to be. Yeah. Well, that and that's the other and thing. That's why. Yeah, and that's just a that's also just one like vignette from that film Indeed. it's not even the whole thing um but yeah he he you know he, he doesn't do good character work which frankly means he's bad i don't care how visionary you are uh, as a or i don't you know a genius director barry linden 
made me want to f- throw up. That's how god awful that movie is. And people talk about it like it's brilliant because he used only natural light and candlelight. He didn't have any electrical electrical lights in this film at all. He did a really yeah. So it's very dark, very natural except for when it's like shot in broad daylight. Um, everything else is lit by candlelight. There's no electrical lights anywhere. He got these. He did all this research and found these really old lenses that that absorb light in a different way that could make it um, that could make it seen. It, it, it takes place Some like 1800s. Right yeah, there. yeah. Um, technically, I suppose it's very smart, but it's a idiot. It's a boring, lame story. It's poorly acted. Um, because what's his name? Uh, O'Neill Ryan O'Neill is not up to the task of like doing it. He also Kubrick is a guy that makes you do like 800 takes. Yes. And that's that kills actors that you don't get good performances out of actors by forcing them to do this over and over again. There has to be some sort of like there has to be some sort of authenticity to a performance. And if you're doing the same motion a hundred times the same activity a hundred times there's no way to grasp any authenticity of it there's no way to act like it's a real thing you're doing right 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 it feels rehearsed after just the fact that you have to do it that many times yeah and you lose whatever like soul you have and i don't we don't know which take he might make you do it a hundred times and then pick the first one every time but either way if he's taken the one of the later ones he's by default getting these flat awful performances um which is why you know look at eyes wide shut look at barry linden is horrifically acted you know none of the the hell that he put um nicole kidman and no 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 the uh, other guy um tom cruise full metal jacket oh the hell that he put uh vincent d'onofrio vincent d'onofrio through yeah I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio only did two scenes of getting over the wall in the basic training scene because uh-huh. he fucked his knee up because of not only the weight, but because of the schedule yeah. that had to happen for that. Um, like the hell that he put that guy through. I think that that was probably the best proof proof of concept that he had for his methodology. But I mean, I, I don't think it paid off. I don't know. For a lot of other, you know, stuff. who was exempt from this shit? Because he, uh, uh, Arlie Cabin, Army. Yeah, Arlie Army was, was exempt. Arlie Army only did two or three takes. Because and, he was. But no, honestly, it's not because he was better. I, I, I think, because he wasn't an actor at all. I think Kubrick just like, we can use it and I'm, and I'm not going to, I can't force this guy who's not an actor to like go through this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to. That's an interesting I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to plumb the depths with a, with a dude like this. But. He fucking made Catman Scruthers, uh, Scatman Cruthers. <laughs> Catman Scruthers. Yeah, he made. Sc- sorry, that was dumb. Don't listen to me, folks. I'm the worst podcaster in films. Uh, yeah, he made Scatman Cruthers do his fucking scenes. You gotta shine. He he made him do that a hundred times, Fuck. and to the point where he almost quit the film. He's like. Fuck this, dude. This is crazy. I can't keep doing this shit. What do you want me to do different? And he won't he doesn't give any direction. Um which is why he gets which is why I I genuinely don't like Kubrick movies because the the art the visual artistry is not worth the fact that none of the performances are good. I like the idea of Kubrick movies. 
more than I like watching a Stanley Kubrick movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, for me, the aesthetic, all of that good stuff. Um, but when he... It's like Incubus. He's kind of up his own ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? No Incubus. offense to... Hi, hi, Mr. Incubus. That's so funny. How I have are no, you? I, I know nothing about the band Incubus. I don't even know if that's true about them. It is very but I'll take true. Your, I'll take your word it for it. It is very I don't true. Believe you, uh, yeah, I believe you know what you're talking about. I just have never even... It's never even occurred to me I, that... I like Incubus just fine. It's just Incubus thinks that they're the... You know how Oasis thinks that they're like the new Beatles? You know what I mean? Or thought guess, they were? I guess they did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. Okay. It's like that. Well, Oasis is the new Beatles. Surgery is the new sex. Surgery is the... Way to bring it back. Cronenberg Cronenberg is... I've I've seen... Again, I've seen one film, but I can already tell he's he's instantly... I'm late to the game. Clearly, people know that David Cronenberg is a very effective storyteller. But I will take... I'll take any Cronenberg film on on sight, just on trust from after seeing this one. I'll take it over every Kubrick movie because some of the, some of the staging, so the performances he got, the 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 way this weird, creepy, goofy story is told is so kind of compelling and and creepy. It's and and uh, fascinating. I was you know you're hooked the entire time. I think that there's something to be said for that because this is a very strange story to have to tell. Yeah. Cronenberg does a great job and he gets a really good performance out of his, uh, like a really good cast. Everybody, yeah. I mean, everybody's good. He gets a lot out of that cast. And he, and he, it's, it's not all explained to you. There's a lot of stuff that is, is left unanswered at the end. Um there's a really, really cool reveal at the very, very end that I kind of yes. didn't even fully get the first time I watched it, but after watching it the second time, I realized, oh my god, um, you know, it's 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 fascinating, and it's you know, who knows? And there's a lot again. There's a lot of themes, and you can you can interpret them how you will. I I immediately went to like drugs, alcohol, and then uh, you know social pressure and and uh you know fads and all that kind of stuff but you could you somebody else might watch this and have a completely different interpretation of what Cronenberg's trying to say with uh with pe- with these people being so fascinated by uh this art and what's happening yeah yeah you know i i would just to kind of not put too fine a point on it but you know one of the last movies that you and i watched together was nope mm-hmm. and um that feeling of spectacle, right? Like something that's happening mm-hmm. in somebody's body that is being turned into something that is monetized. Um, that feeling of spectacle came through here yeah. because that's what Vigo Mortensen's Vigo Mortensen, Jesus, Vigo Morgenstein. Uh, that's what he is doing. Like he's he's literally using his body for art. To make money, uh, he his closest relationship is a partner. Yeah, not a wife, not a girlfriend. It is a business partner. Yeah, and I think that that feeling of uh, spectacle and exploitation carries over. I really do. Yeah, I agree. 
So, would you recommend this movie to uh, I to would, your fans? I would abs. I have no fans. Um, I only have an OnlyFans, which is basically ceiling fans and um, oscillating. Anyway, um, <laughs> I would definitely recommend this movie to people. I think that they should give it a chance. Like you said, you need to pay attention. This is a movie that benefits from active engagement on the audience's part. Yeah. I have been recommending this movie to people. I've, Like I said... Thank you to Clarence for finally doing this episode with me because I've wanted to do it since I saw this movie, and it's it you know, uh, Maldo, my friend Maldo is a baby, and he wimped out, and so did my other co-host Jimmy D. He watched ten minutes of this movie and he texted me telling me he was scared and that he was going to cry because um, he's a baby. And no. so I just, I couldn't get, you know, uh, so I, but I wanted to talk about this. I've been telling everybody that you have to go see this cause I thought it was just fascinating from the, from the first, from the first scene. I thought it was just, I thought it was just so compelling. Fascinating so, is a good way to put it. Yeah. Definitely go watch it. Go, uh, rent crimes of the future and, uh, watch it in a dark room with your phone put away somewhere else. And, uh, Yeah. Anyway, uh, where can the people find you, Clarence? Black. Uh, what are you promoting? Black Black Ladder. Black Ladder is still my uh, my main band. Uh, we're we're working on a new band album, right? A new band album. What the fuck am I talking about? We're working on a new album right now. Uh, find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. Black Ladder Band. Just. It's me and two guys who are way shorter than me. <laughs> um, other than that, I'll be here whenever Nick will have me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've got plenty more. We've got plenty more episodes to do. Uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Nick Tazo. You can find me on Instagram at Nick Tazo Drums or Twitter at Nick Tazo. Uh, give me a follow one of those places. Please like and subscribe and leave a comment and all that kind of stuff. Definitely leave a comment and uh, I'll, Let's get trashed. I'll eventually see them and then respond. And the more comments you know I get, the more it seems like people actually care. And then the more my the more YouTube will push my content to other people. And who knows? Maybe someday I'll be reading you advertisements. In the meantime, thanks so much. Uh, go watch Crimes of the Future. It's awesome. Uh, subscribe movie. and wait for the next episode as well. Thank you, everybody. Uh, let's get trashed. Let's get trashed.